If you came home, of course, and if you didn't, it wouldn't matter. Herbert took his hands from the handlebars and spread out his arms. Look, no hands. Don't talk like that, Herbert, Francis said sharply. It's almost as if you wanted people to get killed. It's war, he said blithely. People do get killed. Anyway, I don't suppose any of us will get the chance. Everyone's saying it'll all be over by Christmas. Pity. I wouldn't mind having a look at Germany. They reached the gate which gave onto the path through the wood and up to the standing stones. The stones were big granite blocks which formed a circle and had been there for hundreds of years. Nobody knew why they'd been erected there, overlooking the village, but it was one of Francis and Ralph's favourite spots. They often came here with an old pair of binoculars belonging to Ralph's father to watch birds, and although they were usually in a group, they frequently found themselves almost alone, a hundred yards or so apart from the others. Francis was impatient with the restrictions that had been laid on them recently, for although the two families lived two hundred miles apart, visits between them had been frequent enough for the four children to feel almost like brothers and sisters, and it was only at the beginning of these summer holidays that anybody seemed to have noticed that they were growing up. She didn't much like the effect this was having on her, but she had to admit that Ralph, as a young man of nineteen, was an improvement on the lanky youth she'd last seen at Easter. It was a surprise that he could have changed so much in such a short time. She wondered if she had come as an equal surprise to him. Francis' father and Ralph's were first cousins. Neither had any brothers or sisters, and as they had lived in the same Portsmouth street, they'd grown up more or less as one family. Their ways had diverged when they left school, for Ralph's father, Alfred, had become a pharmacist and moved to Devon, while Ernest had turned to teaching. Now Ralph and Francis were both set to follow in their father's footsteps, with encouragement for Francis from both her parents, for her mother was a blue-stocking and believed in education for girls. During the school holidays, the two families had spent much of their spare time together, mostly in Devon, since Ernest had the freedom of the school holidays. There was plenty of room to accommodate them all in the big house on the edge of Barracombe, and the four children were allowed a good deal of liberty to roam the fields, woods and moors. Together they had made a cricket pitch on the lawn, and played tennis on the court Iris had coaxed her father to mark out. They went down to the Borough Brook, and sometimes to Tavy Cleave to picnic and swim, explored the moors, and try to harness and break in the wild ponies that roamed there. They trespassed in the grounds of Barracombe Barton to climb trees and make dens in the big shrubberies, and were generally allowed to be savages. But all that had changed this summer. A whole new and unwelcome set of rules had come into force, and now, she thought with irritation, a war had come along to spoil things even further. She stared out across the cluster of thatched and slate-roofed cottages. Ralph's father, whom she always called Uncle Alfred, because the term first cousin once removed was too cumbersome for sensible everyday use, possessed a motor car and sometimes packed them all into it and took them to Bigbury or across the Torpoint Ferry, a floating bridge like the one Francis and Johnny knew between Portsmouth and Gosport to Whitsand for a day on the beach. Those were carefree days, when the parents had lolled about on rugs after their picnic lunch, and Francis, Iris, and the two boys had potted about amongst the rock pools, 
watching anemones open like tiny chrysanthemums and trying to catch the scuttling crabs. And after the mandatory hour to let their food digest, rushed into the sea to swim and splash each other, with the girls squealing as the boys threatened to duck them beneath the waves. What happens in a war anyway? she demanded pettishly, turning back to Herbert who'd left his bicycle down by the gate. The Germans won't come here, will they? They won't be fighting in England? Good heavens, no, Herbert said with a condescending laugh. We won't let them get this far. Oh, it'll all be in Germany. Maybe a bit in France. Anyway, it'll be over quite soon. We'll give the Kaiser a bloody nose, he swung his fist. I wish you wouldn't be so childish, Herbert, Ralph said. War's a serious business. Being killed means just that. Dead. Never coming back.